When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and a lot of the Doc Rivers talk is where we've been at today. Woj reported just a little while ago that it is Doc who will become the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, Woj is going to join us 10 minutes from now, so you want to make sure that you are here for that. And Joe, I... I, I just cannot stand this. I cannot stand this from a Milwaukee perspective. I get it that sometimes, even though things might be going well, it's not going well behind closed doors and a change is necessary. But you're 30 and 13. And the superstar in Giannis signed off on hiring this guy before he signed his extension. Then he agreed to the extension. And now he wants him out. And to me, you got to give this a year and let it play out when your best option is Doc Rivers, who has made an exceptionally lengthy career of losing in the second round in the playoffs. So congratulations if you were hoping to get out of the Eastern Conference semis. You just ensured that you would not this season. Yeah, I don't know. I see it differently. I, I like process over results. It's something I preach with the kids. They don't understand. They're six and five, but one day it'll get through. But process over results, right? They're 30. I, I, I love the imagery of you sitting there. Trust the process. Yeah. Trust the process of what this is don't, as you're taking them to the batting cage. Don't worry that there are some skid marks on the underwear. We're working through the process. You're doing a good job of learning how to I, potty I, train. I, I don't know, dude. I'd be worried about the results right you, there. <laughs> it's a, that's a process and a result sort of situation you don't want to get too familiar with. But that's the life I've chosen to lead. But the process in in Milwaukee's clearly broken, right? Their results, 30 and 13. This is why people on the outside, like myself, were shocked. We see this 30 and 13. How can you fire your coach? There's got to be something going on. Well, there are several things going on. Number one, there's a leadership issue. Um, and number two, there's a schematic issue. Leadership issue goes back to training camp. There's a blow up with assistant coach Terry Stotts in front of the entire team. Uh, Adrian Griffin thought that Stotts was trying to undermine him. Now, if you remember, Stotts is the former head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. He worked very closely with Damian Lillard for a long time. He was brought in to kind of be an assistant and a mentor to Adrian Griffin because he's a rookie head coach. Well, they got into a big shouting match. Players really like Terry Stotts. Stotts ends up resigning right there. We're in training camp. We haven't even started the season. You're starting to lose your locker room. On top of that, trying to run Toronto's defense when Milwaukee has had a defense that's been very good. Top five in defensive efficiency, what, almost every year of the last five? Trying to run this Toronto defense. Brooke Lopez is a rim protector. They've pulled him away from the rim. It was troublesome. The players had to say, look, you got to put Brooke back under the rim. Put them under the rim. So they make the adjustment there, but their defense is 22nd in efficiency. Part of that is due to personnel. Drew Holiday is no longer there. But Damian Lillard's usage rate is down as well. And it might be down a bit because he's now playing with Giannis versus carrying the entire load in Portland, but it's down too much. Between leadership issues and schematic issues, 
the players realized, yeah, we're 30 and 13, but we've got room for growth. We have a championship team, and this guy's not a championship coach, so they got him out of there. I like the idea of finding ways to get better. They see an opportunity to get better with Doc Rivers. How much better they get? I'll let leave that up to you because I know you're not not for the hire, but they are going to get better here with a seasoned coach who understands the nuances of the locker room. What's the expectation here for this team? Championship or bust, I would say. Exactly. If Doc Rivers doesn't win a championship here, what did we do? What did we do? I guess we're busting out. Well, this, this is my point. Like, this is a hell of a move to make 40 games into a guy's career as a coach. We're not giving him any opportunity to get better along the way. I mean, Joe Missoula was in a very similar situation, and they rode that out, and they liked Joe Missoula an awful lot last night, or, uh, right now. Now, there are still times where he drives you a little bit nuts. I get it when it comes to potentially losing the locker room. And we asked Danny Green about that, three-time NBA champion who joined us earlier on the show. The whole situation why they let Griff go is because they felt he lost the locker room. He lost the respect for the players. Doc will at least have the respect for the players. Um, he knows how to get the best out of them. And impressively enough, uh, my last stint with him before I was injured, you know, he's known for negatively people say he doesn't know how to make in-game adjustments. He was making some really good in-game adjustments that playoff run that we had. And had we not had the injuries, I think it would have been a different outcome. But again, there are too many instances where Doc's teams have come up short where, well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. And that's not what's going on here. So we want to point to him and say he lost respect for the players. I'm having trouble with that one. I'm having trouble with the idea that Adrian Griffin lost respect for Giannis and Dame Lillard. Like, that's that, that to me sounds kind of BS. And, and Giannis deserves a hit on this one, Joe, because there is no doubt that they went to Giannis and said, you want Adrian Griffin? You want him to be the guy? Because he had not yet signed his extension. And he said, yep, I'm in on Adrian Griffin. And he has signed his extension now. And now, four months later, eh, you know what? Lose him. Let's go get the other guy. Has Giannis not earned that, though? With everything he's done for the organization. That's a tough one. That's a tough one to try to pull off there. He's your franchise guy. Now, there are guys that have had problems with several coaches across several years. Do we feel that Giannis is not capable of going to management and saying, look, this is a problem? Because if you lose the lot, Missoula was already on the Boston bench. The players were familiar with him when he got promoted. So he at least had some relationships there. Griffin came over from Toronto. He didn't have relationships, at least not to the extent Missoula had in Boston. Like, you got to earn the trust and respect of these guys, and you got to be able to manage that locker room, probably in this sport more than anything else. These are young guys with lots of money and lots of power. You've got more power in the NBA than you do in any other sport as a player. You yeah, dictate and in this case, all maybe the too time. much. In this case, maybe too much Perhaps to be able to pull much. that off. But has Giannis not earned this? If Giannis comes into the front office or ownership and says, here's the problem, do you not listen? Well, if you're the front office, you just say, we ran this guy by you four months ago. You did your work on him, too. It's not just come in, meet him for four minutes, and do you want him to be your coach? But we're realizing we made a mistake. Like, we want to correct mistakes. They feel that they made a mistake. It's not as if this guy came in, they all love him, but they think he might be in over his head a little bit. It feels like he's in over his head schematically, and he's lost the locker room. Well, here's what I know, okay? That... If you're going to make a change like this, as dramatic as it is, you better have an answer 
that is better than what you've currently got. And I am not convinced of that whatsoever. When I look at Doc's playoff history, and we just talked about what the expectations are, I can't feel good when I've got a guy coming in to be my coach who's lost four straight Game 7s at home and five straight Game 7s overall. And when a team is in the knockout position in a playoff series, and when a team has won three games in a playoff series, Doc is 16-33 and 33 in that situation, I'm sorry, I don't think I'm getting better. I think I'm trying something else, and that's not a good enough reason to make a change on a team that was 30 and 13. They might just need some leadership. You have to remember, if this were still the same roster with a new coach, that'd be one thing. It's a dramatically different roster with the addition of Lillard. Expectations are extremely high. They needed someone, and this is probably the mistake they realized they all made. They needed someone with experience, roster construction, schematics, X's and O's, philosophy, because they weren't the same team where Bud's gone and assistants stepping in and it's still the same starting five and bench from the year before where everyone kind of knows how to take over and everyone knows what works. No one knew what was going to work with these guys. Damian Lillard presents a completely different dynamic than Drew Holiday did. As a result, they need to build this thing on the fly while winning games and jockeying for playoff positioning, and I think they realized that the big mistake they made was going with a rookie head coach who was in over his head trying to solve these problems for him. The NBA's on ESPN Radio tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is Boston at Miami. Terry Rozier now with the Heat, averaging north of 23 a game. It gives them another weapon. And then on Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, Philly visiting Denver, all right here on ESPN Radio. So in moments, how did the Bucks get to this point? Just 43 games into the Adrian Griffin tenure. Woj joins us in a moment. Adrian Wojnarowski to fill us in on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Doc Rivers is finalizing an agreement to become the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, sources tell ESPN. This is probably the best that you could do at this juncture, given the fact that you have one of the top 25 players of all time in Giannis, probably one of the top 100 players of all time in Damian Lillard. The Milwaukee Bucks realized, despite being 30 and 13, their process was significantly flawed. This pretty much means to me that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be out in the second round because that is what Doc Rivers does. How did we get here so quickly? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. When you need to know, you ask the foremost authority in the NBA, and that is Adrian Wojnarowski, who joins us right now, ESPN's senior NBA insider. And don't forget, if you're not checking out the Woj pod, you are missing out. Great content each and every week. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Woj, we appreciate a couple of minutes. We know uh, it's busy as always. So what led us to here to the Bucks making this move to fire Adrian Griffin? Uh, Chris, you know, Milwaukee certainly took some risk in hiring a first-year NBA head coach with a team that had championship aspirations. It was a different team when Adrian Griffin was hired. It was built around, obviously, Giannis Attentacupo, but Drew Holiday. They made a Damian Lillard trade, and certainly it was a different roster, and certainly a, a roster, a team that was going to be much more challenged on the defensive end, and that certainly turned out to be the case. And they went from fourth in the league to 21st, 22nd at the time of Adrian Griffin's departure. They really wanted this to work. And John Horst, the GM in Milwaukee, I know he really believes that Adrian Griffin is going to be a good coach in the NBA. I think their issue, their challenge was they didn't think it was going to get there soon enough at a high enough level that it gave them the best chance they had to be able to win a championship this year or have the chance to contend next year. And they changed course. And again, you look at the standings and you say, nothing's wrong. They're in second place. And they're 30 and 13. They're in second place in the East behind a very dominant Boston team right now. But they had had the easiest schedule in the league. We talked about on the defensive end. And I think there was just a decision there with a very tight window over these next couple of years with Giannis in his prime under contract, with Damian Lillard, you know, still playing at a high level, but probably starting to phase out of his prime in his mid-30s, that they had to give themselves the best chance. They didn't think it was with Adrian Griffin anymore. And then you land at a place where Doc Rivers is the coach that's available. And, you know, listen, I'm not sure any coach checks every box for you. There's very few of those. Um, but Doc Rivers, in terms of his uh Track record, coached in the Eastern Conference the last three years, conference semifinals each year, you know, has coached a lot of star players. And, you know, a coach who they believe gives them a presence, uh, a stature that will command the respect of not just their star players, but, but those in the locker room in a way that maybe it's harder for a first-year coach, first-year head coach in Adrian Griffin to do. Woj, any indications that any other people could have been in contention for this job, or was Rivers the target from the beginning? Was he the top guy? Yeah, Doc Rivers was the only coach they really talked to from the moment that they dismissed Adrian Griffin yesterday. You know, a few hours later, they reached out to Doc Rivers' representative and Doc Rivers, and those conversations started. 
you know, they wanted to get down the road with Doc first to see if they could get him before they opened the door on some other potential candidates. Um, but I think, you know, they made they made the move, I think, with, you know, I think some optimism that they could talk him back to the bench. You know, he was certainly involved in some jobs in the offseason. Like, they knew he wanted to coach. He was a finalist in Phoenix. You know, the Suns really came down to Doc Rivers and Frank Vogel. And obviously they went with Vogel. And, you know, Doc came here with us at ESPN and I think really believed he was going to be in TV that, you know, it kind of gotten to a point, I think, where for Doc Rivers, where you kind of look at it and you think, you know, the jobs that he would really want, maybe he couldn't get now. The jobs that he could get, maybe he didn't really want those, right? And then all of a sudden, Milwaukee opens up and obviously played his college basketball at Marquette uh, in town. You know, very familiar, uh, really a part of the basketball history in that it's a great basketball city, and he's been a part of that. But, listen, the chance that Coach Giannis and Lillard and take on this challenge for him, I think the organization knew that it was going to be appealing to them. And uh, sure enough, they get a deal done here um, late morning. Adrian Wojnarowski joining us, ESPN Senior NBA Insider, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Woj, what's next here for the Bucks? Because you talked about the, the defense, how it's fallen off a bit. Will it be as simple as bringing Doc in and preaching different sort of, you know, defensive uh, philosophies, or is it still a lot that they have to make up when you lose such a great defensive player like Drew Holiday? Yeah, it's – no, I – Chris, it won't be that simple. Like the idea that you're just going to bring in Doc Rivers and magically this is a top five or a top eight defense again, that's not going to happen. Now, this is not number two offense in the league. You know, typically, you know, if you're 21-22 defensively, you better get in the top 15 if you want to have a chance to be a championship team. Uh, but this team was going to be diminished defensively. And whether Mike Budenholzer was coaching the team, whether it was Adrian Griffin or whether it's Doc Rivers, it's personnel. And personnel plays a big part in that. Um, you know, one element, and I reported on this probably in the last hour, Dave Yeager, uh, I think there's a good possibility he joins this coaching staff. He was with Doc Rivers in Philadelphia the last three years. People know Dave Yeager as head coach in Sacramento, Memphis. Great offensive mind, um, really creative, really creative coach. Came up in the minor leagues and uh, experiments, experiments a lot of experimenting, a lot like Nick Nurse in a lot of ways. Those guys who came up through the old D League and then the G League, they, you know, there's a lot of innovation there. And so he brings that well back with him to Doc, with Doc Rivers if they're able to get him on board. Uh, but he was not working in a full-time capacity. I think he was doing some stuff for USA Basketball. So you could expect, I know he's a candidate to join Doc Rivers in Milwaukee. You know, those are some short-term things, but you know, I think for Doc Rivers, it's, you know, I think the organization's hope is it's the stature, it's the presence, it's the ability for him to rally a group, and that's what they're bringing him in for. But he's not a miracle worker. Uh, I don't know that this, he's going to transform this team. Again, they've done a lot of winning. They're, they're in second place. He's not digging out, of, um, digging out with a 500 team. He's trying to get out of the play-in. Um, the work that he has to do to improve the team is really, I think it's over time with this group. And, and I think the thought of making the coaching change when they did, guys, was that it gives 
dock just a longer runway to get in and and get his imprint on the group. Hey, Woj, as we look forward, we're a couple weeks out from the NBA trade deadline. Teams and names that we should be keeping a close eye on in the buildup, who would they be? Well, you know, the most active team so far, uh, they're getting all their work done uh, well before the trade deadline, the Toronto Raptors. They traded uh, OG Ananobi to the Knicks, of course, Pascal Siakam to the Pacers. And in that Siakam deal, they picked up Bruce Brown Jr., who is of interest to a number of contending teams, including the Lakers, the Knicks. Uh, that's a player to watch between now and the trade deadline. The Lakers were hopeful they were going to get him in free agency. Uh, with their mid-level exception, Indiana swooped in with a very big two-year offer, two years, $45 million. He went to the Pacers and became kind of like a real tra- great tradable asset. Sure enough, they used him in the Siakam deal. You know, that's a player to watch. Um, I don't know that there's any star, star-level players available at this trade deadline. You know, sometimes that sneaks up on, sneaks up on you, and some big names come out of nowhere in the last few days, whether it's by a trade request or – somebody decides to move off of somebody that they um, – I don't foresee that now, but I also know history tells me it could happen. Um, DeJounte Murray in Atlanta, they've been very active with him. They've talked to the number of teams. They're not close to anything with him. Uh, they gave up a lot to San Antonio to get him really just a year and a half ago. And you know, I think they'd like to recoup as much of that of those draft assets or young players as they can in the deal. I think it's going to be challenging for them. You know, the Terry Rozier deal to Miami that happened that we reported on yesterday, and I think that's a great – I don't want to say under the – it became under the radar yesterday just because of all the other news. But if you're the Miami Heat and you looked at the cost of Damian Lillard over the summer, what it would have cost you in what you were trading out, and then the salary you were taking in, which is enormous. Bringing in Rozier for – Rozier – for an expiring Kyle Lowry contract, a protected first-round pick, in uh, much less salary coming back, a younger player. I'm not comparing Terry Rozier Jr. with Damian Lillard, but uh, it was a real cost-effective move. Again, younger player, uh, defends better, uh, certainly not the offensive juggernaut that Lillard is. But I think for Miami, that was a really good pickup. And so I think they've done a majority now of their, you know, they got younger, more athletic some, some scoring punch around Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. I think that's important. Uh, and the Knicks, the Knicks are in a great position to add to their team. The Knicks want to do two things. They want to try to add something meaningful here at the trade deadline. And I don't know that's going to be a starting level player, but I think they can really improve their bench. They have lots of draft picks and assets to use, and they can use one or two maybe without compromising the bigger picture for them, which is, perhaps in the offseason when a star-star level player, whether it's an all-star level or all-NBA level player, becomes available that they want to get involved with. They have enough picks and and some tradable contracts um, to be involved with that kind of a player. But they can use a, a first-round pick at the trade deadline and not take themselves out of something bigger later. And so that, for them, might be Bruce Brown is on their radar, Jordan Clarkson with uh, the Utah Jazz, I think just some scoring, you know, help their bench scoring. You know, this is a U- Nick team that I think of, you know, maybe, maybe the sum is greater than the parts, and that's a good thing in the NBA. And, you know, Jalen Brunson has just been 
a revelation for this organization. He has solidified them in so many different ways, made everybody better, and you just count on that guy every night. It's the same person every single day. And when you get that out of your star player, you know, that's obviously hugely important. And, and so, you know, I think those are among, but I think there'll be a lot of players around the edges, um, players who can come in and contribute. I don't know that there's going to be a transformational player here at the trade deadline who transforms an organization. Uh, But with a lot of teams thinking they're a piece away from being able to move up a notch or to compete in Philly, you know, you look at Philly, uh, you know, they're a team that wants to improve. They have some assets to do it. They know, I think they believe that the Celtics are better and they have more talent and they've got to close that gap. And I think Philly's anxious to see if there's something they can do at the trade deadline to help them too. As usual, we're smarter for it. Woj, we appreciate it. You follow him on Twitter and on Instagram at WojSPN, and you subscribe to the Woj Pod. Awesome stuff, especially yesterday after the news of the firing with you and Malika. As always, we appreciate it. Chris, Joe, thanks for having me, guys. Always good to be with you. Adrian Wojnarowski, and I tell you, you got a lot out of that right there between what could be coming at the deadline and also some more insight into what happened in Milwaukee. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. What's Lamar Jackson's favorite part about playing Patrick Mahomes? You will hear from Lamar next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jackson has been asked year after year to do more with less. They're going to throw a tight end screen left to Kelsey. Trying to angle to the far pylon. And that now sets an all-time NFL postseason record. Mahomes to Kelsey 16 times. Patrick Mahomes is building a resume like we've never seen before. The numbers are just, I mean, I'm looking through stats this morning. And previewing this game, and I'm just blown away 
by all the positive things about what Patrick Mahomes has done in his career, and we are going to end up talking about him uh, when it comes to Tom Brady at some point. We are. If we're not there yet, we're we're not going to be far off from it. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Little bit of news today regarding the Chiefs and the Ravens this week. The Chiefs practicing today without Trey Smith, Mike Edwards, Isaiah Pacheco, Joe Thune. Now, it sounds like Thune might be the longest shot uh, to play. Sounds like Pacheco just had the day off and, you know, they're just going to rest him because they're obviously going to need him. But Jeremy Fowler pointed out, looks like Willie Gay, who had that neck injury, is trending upward. The x-rays revealed no major damage whatsoever. And we were talking about this earlier, would be a major development for them if Willie Gay's out there because he's the guy that was spying on Josh Allen before he got hurt, and they certainly need that with Lamar Jackson. First off, Jeremy Fowler, tall drink of water. Met him recently in person, much taller than expected. Let me ask you this question. You guys around here will get you like that. He's one. Yep. Randy Scott, two. Puck Daddy, shockingly tall. You would expect really? him to be... Maybe in my mind, I thought of him more of a 5'7", five, 5'8", five, kind of guy. Yeah. He showed up quite tall. Puck Daddy's Greg Wyshynski. What's wrong with you, Wilner? You watched the Rangers game just last night and lost just like I did. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Jeremy Fowler, over under 140 pounds, even at his height. I'd have to say over just because he's so tall. But barely. Yeah, yeah, quite lean. Quite lean, a gentleman nonetheless. Oh, um, great guy. But back to your question here, back to your point. Yeah, the Willie Gain news is huge because he was the guy tasked with spying Josh Allen in the Bills game. And as we know, that didn't go very well because he got dinged up and had to leave the game early. And Allen rushed for over 70 yards and two touchdowns. Not exactly a stand-in-the-pocket type of quarterback you're facing this week in Lamar Jackson. But the question is whether or not Steve Spagnuolo would uh, – deploy the same game plan, right? Are they going to try to spy Lamar? Because Lamar hasn't been running as much this season. I think you're going to want to get aggressive up front, bring five, try to disrupt his rhythm early in the game. But I I, I cannot wait for this. And I know yeah, that's not either. necessarily great analysis. No. I just can't wait for this game because it's such an incredible matchup between the two quarterbacks. Here's Lamar asked about facing Mahomes. I don't like competing against him at all. He, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even a, a no-brainer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. I believe it's just two greats, um, up-and-coming greats, just going toe-to-toe, you know, like a heavyweight fight, heavyweight matchup. That's, that's just what I see. He was asked what he likes competing about him, not against him. Nothing. Yeah. I like the honesty because I'd imagine that's how a lot of people feel. Yeah, I would think so. Like, it's difficult when you've already had that guy beat someone in 13 seconds and get, the, get, get a game to overtime after you just got the lead. This is, this is so good for the Mahomes legacy. Because he just the idea that he's going to build this resume, like I think we heard Ryan Clark talking about coming back, where look at the guys he's needed to go through. He needed to get past Brady in the AFC at one point. He, he needed to get past Josh Allen on how many occasions. Now here's his chance where he's got to get past Lamar. He's an underdog in this game. The matchups with Burrow last year had to get past him in the AFC championship game. Like, if all these guys go on to the Hall of Fame, if Lamar's in the Hall of Fame, if Burrow, Burrow and or Allen's in the Hall of Fame, and you're the guy that was just slaying all of them, 
What does it say about you? Because yeah. Brady's resume is similar. Brady had to slay Manning. He had to slay Roethlisberger, Rivers, Flacco. And I know people look at that now and be like, all right, Rivers and Flacco. Those are good quarterbacks, man. Those are really good quarterbacks on really good teams that he had to get by year in, year out. And then he'd go to the Super Bowl and he'd be dealing with Eli Manning, who got him twice. That's a Hall of Famer. You know, he had to get by Donovan McNabb earlier in his career. He had to get by Kurt Warner with the first one. Like, that's the resume you build when you're talking about all-time greatness when we end up eventually stacking these two next to each other, which, by the way, my, I know you're big on the idea that Mahomes is going to get past him or has a good shot. I don't see it happening. You don't think he's getting past Brady. See, here's the problem. Like, we have the argument with LeBron and MJ, but we never really had the one key thing that these two did have or do have, and that's having played each other in a Super Bowl, and Brady won that one. And anytime someone's going to say, well, you know, Mahomes better than Brady, I'm just going to come back and say they met in the Super Bowl when Mahomes was in his prime and Brady was on his way out, and Brady worked him. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, meeting the media any minute now in Philadelphia. But it's a meeting with somebody else that's going to be a whole lot more important. We'll explain in moments on ESPN Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, let's get aggressive. The Atlanta Hawks play the Golden State Warriors tonight. Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks is out with a concussion. DeJounte Murray's usage rate goes way up when Trey Young is out of the lineup. You can play DeJounte Murray to record a triple-double at 20-1. to a double-doubles plus 220. We're going to put a unit on each of those. 20 to 1 for the triple-double and plus 220 for the double-double. The last game that the Hawks played was against the Kings. There was no Trey Young because of the concussion. Murray went 35, 10, and 6. Very close. So we're going to take a shot tonight. In addition, Washington Wizards. We're going to go under their team total of 109 and a half. They played Minnesota tonight. Minnesota just embarrassed themselves two nights ago with Carl Anthony Towns chasing this scoring mark. But in the process, the team forgot about beating one of the worst teams in the NBA and they lost. So, yeah. Towns went for 60-plus, but the coach called out the entire team afterwards because they blew the game against the lousy Hornets. I think you get a great effort tonight, especially on the defensive end. So three additional pizza monies for you. DeJounte Murray, triple-double, 20-1. to DeJounte Murray, double-double, plus 220. Washington Wizards team total under 109.5 points. Okay, far be it for me to ever question anything you're doing Sure. okay? Because you know a whole lot more about gambling than I ever do. But there is one thing. No, it's true. There is one thing I do know about gambling, because I have done it many times. <laughs> Leaving the casino, I have checked out from the hotel, and I just got to take one more crap a crack. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that as well. Yeah. A couple things on the way out the door. <laughs> <laughs> one more crack at it. <laughs> <laughs> One more crack. One more crack. One more, I, one more shot. One more shot. One at more it. shot at it before I leave 
because I've gotten kicked in the teeth for a couple of days. Yeah, and that all back. going for a triple double kind of feels like yeah, we're we pushing it. Everybody? Oh, we're getting aggressive. We are getting aggressive. But as you heard in the analysis, it's not just <laughs> random. No Trey Young in the lineup creates the opportunity. He should not be priced at twenty to one. This should be down near. I don't know, maybe maybe 14 or 15, given the fact that Young's out. But sometimes, and I learned this a long time ago, when you have these injuries and this chaos, some people will look at it and go, this is what makes it so hard to bet. No, 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 no. The injuries, the chaos, all the uncertainty, that's what creates opportunity. That's where you end up striking rich. See here, this is what's amazing. You just sold me. Yeah, we're in. I'm in. We're all the I way love in. it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget, you can catch playoff preview with the pros. It's Chris Canty, Harry Douglas, and myself all weekend long to get you ready for Championship Sunday. Again, all weekend long on ESPN Radio. It is playoff preview with the pros. And speaking of Championship Sunday, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel will not practice today. Mm. His status for the Sunday's NFC Championship game remains uncertain. Kyle Shanahan saying that in the last few minutes. Well, we know what it means. Debo on the field this year, 30 points per game. No Debo on the field, 19 points per game. Without Debo, Detroit has a wonderful opportunity to spring the upset. With Debo, Detroit could still get it done, but, man, everyone's favorite Everyone's second favorite team. It used to be the Buffalo Bills, but now they've kind of been around for a while. I feel like the Lions are everybody's second favorite team. All right, so let me ask a logistical question with that in mind real quick before we get back to the situation in Philadelphia. When will the line move? Is it definitively when Debo is out? Before. It'll be right before. Someone will leak it. Okay, someone will leak it. The line will move before the announcement. I would almost guarantee that. So how much will the line move right now on ESPN bet? It is still 49ers by seven and uh, the over under being 50 and a half. Where you're going to see most of the move would be the total. That's what I would think would be more dramatic. You could get a couple points there because again, we just talked about what Debo means to the offense. Everyone's aware of this. That is a big total by the way as well. So you think that goes down to 48, 47? Well, 49's key. So that's where it gets interesting. Does it go below 49? I would say no. To start, I would say no. I think you see a dip, maybe 49 and a half, maybe it lands 49. Because again, the Lions should hang a number here. And that Lion pass defense is a little suspect. So I would say maybe it drops to 49 and a half. You're sitting on the key number of seven for the spread. I absolutely see it going to uh, six and a half. Six and a half for sure if Debo's out. The question is how much more. Now, some people say, eh, it's only half a point. No, it's not half a point. It's a key number. All right, these half points around key numbers are essential. Think of it like this. If you have Detroit plus seven and the Niners lead by seven with four minutes to go, or I should say this and vice versa. Say you have the Niners and you're laying the seven. If you're up seven with four minutes to go in that game, you're, you're, you're pushing. You're pushing that bet. You need to get a stop and another score to win that bet. But if you're Niners minus six and a half, and you're up seven with four minutes to go, you're sitting on a winner at that point mm. in time. So it's not half a point. That half a point represents a stop and an additional scoring drive. Always keep that in mind. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni, the Eagles GM and head coach respectively, are scheduled to speak this hour that was supposed to begin somewhere around 2.30. At last check, I don't know if it has begun yet, but within the 
has it has it has started or not it has not started as of yet uh that down in philly so that bears watching not that it's running late but that this is a very interesting situation because we've spent a lot of time talking joe about how much the head coach situation has been a mess this season how they lost that team um they're going to keep the head coach they're going to fire the coordinators they've already moved on and fired the coordinators and howie roseman and how much is he involved in all of these kind of decisions and what's going on you know in just talking to people the last couple of days i get the sense that there is a very big issue with jalen hurts too oh really Yes, and we've talked about this a little bit, but the the idea, and I love the way that you sold that we haven't uh, <laughs> with the oh really, but listen, I'm a showman. the The idea is this: that Jalen Hurts, not exactly beloved in that locker room these days, along the lines that you know a guy that a year ago had everybody backing him up in every way that you know this season kind of took a step back and was more of a loner. And when you're charged with being a leader, you know, not really getting along with everybody and stepping up and and being that guy after you get the contract, that's going to raise some eyebrows. And just to talk to people, I really get the sense that Jalen Hurts has a lot to do in terms of the relationships in that locker room before next season. Yikes. So we're talking about a multitude of factors that Philadelphia is going to have to work through here from the head coach to the coordinators to some serious issues on defense, it seems like, to the normal wheelings and dealings you have with draft picks and the salary cap and free agency, and now a potential quarterback issue. First thing that comes to mind here, were we too harsh on A.J. Brown? Maybe because it feels like a lot of this, and I'm I'm as guilty of this as anyone. You yeah. know, early in the season, squeaky wheel needed some grease. So I think it was that Minnesota game, or maybe it was another one there early in the season, the Tampa Bay game. The Eagles came out and force fed him the ball. Yeah, it was like, all right, maybe Brown's a little upset, but he's getting the rock. And then later in the season, there were a few other things. They had finally beaten the Giants. It was the only win over the last month of the season, and Brown didn't want to talk to the media. It seemed like he could be the problem. It may be a little too harsh on my behalf. I, maybe I need to apologize there. Yeah, that maybe like some of what I heard was, you know, might be a lot of the skill guys on offense. Not exactly in love with Jalen, and I don't know that that wow. has. I don't know that that has everything to do with get me the ball. You know, yeah. maybe it's more along the lines of you got to be one of us and hang out with us a little bit more. And it's not like getting your feelings hurt or anything, but it's more like. Hey, you got to build a camaraderie in what they're trying to accomplish. And just because your contract came in this past year doesn't mean you can let that dynamic change. No, no, you can't. But when those two go hand in hand, maybe the contract had nothing to do with it. That's not how the outside world will see it, though. Those guys might look at it and say money's changed everything, whereas yeah. maybe it didn't. But But when those two happen at the same time, people are naturally going to draw that connection. No matter what it is that happened, whether it was the money or whatever, when you are getting that money as a franchise quarterback, especially in that town, you better make sure to change your ways and get it straightened out. I heard the phrase Wentz vibes. Ooh. And in Philadelphia, that those are words that you do not want to Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app.